Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I'm your host, Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. From lost trauma, disappointments and devastation to healing hope and betterment, what has grounded me is my unbreakable spirit. We all have that spirit within us. Every week, I'm here to inspire you with stories of perseverance and growth. My mission is to help you crush self-limiting beliefs and to be unapologetically you. You are your only limit, so take action today. Let your unbreakable ride begin now. This episode is brought to you by Blue Skies Life, a lifestyle brand with high quality, ethical, and sustainable products. There are products for your mind, body, and home, everything from calming tea and luxurious shea butter to Turkish towels and silk kimonos. The holiday season is upon us, so start getting these one-of-a-kind gifts now. Go to blueskieslife.com, that's B-L-U-S-K-Y-S, L-I-F-E dot com and use code BU20 to get 20% off your order today. Hello, everyone. Joining us on the Born Unbreakable podcast today. It's another awesome day to be here and to be inspired. I'm really excited that I have Sue Schultz with me. She is a career coach and we're going to have an awesome conversation today. So let me tell you a little bit about Sue. She has over 30 years of experience in the talent management space, doing everything from recruiting, coaching, and mentoring. And she's run her own recruiting agency. She helps women who are longing for the next step in their career so they can live their best life. And she is hailing from Naperville, Illinois. Welcome to the show, Sue. Thank you for having me. How is Naperville this time of year? Well, anything in Illinois is not fun this time of year, at least in my opinion. Some people may like it. It's very rainy, um, 50s. I think next week we're in the 30s already. Maybe some snow. Um, So fall is usually, it can be nice, but it's usually kind of dark and uh rainy i like illinois in the summertime yep i do too i like spring summer i'm not a fall or winter person um but spring and summer are pretty much my favorites yes yes now i have to say I've frequented Chicago. Uh, I frequent there because one of the offices I go to is there. And even in April, when it's spring, it, there can be snow. Yep. It's very fascinating. <laughs> it can be snow. And it can be, like a few years ago, we had, um, it was like 50 below zero in the winter. And then the next week, it was like 50 degrees. So it was like a hundred degree span. It was just the weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. But we, yeah. have, it, we just have weird weather. It's fa- Yeah, it's fascinating. There's a lot of, um, you get all, all the dimensions of weather yep. there and sometimes even on the same day. Yep. Um, <laughs> I've experienced that there too. Uh, but I would love to, Sue, for you to share more about your personal story you know you you got into coaching and mentoring and recruiting but prior to that 
there were probably things that you were exploring and trying to figure out before you arrived to this path of where you're going today. So I'd love to learn more about you. Sure. Um, I'll go all the way back to when I graduated from college. So I, when I, when I went to college, DePaul University targeted me to go, um, I was a voice major. They targeted me to go to Germany to sing in the opera for five years. And so I went through um, college working towards that. That was really the goal that I, I had that I was focused on. As I got to the last semester where I was about ready to sign my five-year contract and everything, I realized that I had never left home. Like we didn't travel, we didn't have a lot of money, so we didn't travel. We did go to Florida once, but in Florida, I was so little and I was in the sun too long. So I ended up in the hotel, so I don't even count that. And so um, we didn't, I didn't really travel much. So I lived in, at home and I commuted to school and I worked full time and went to school. So I didn't experience that piece of life. So as it got closer, I thought, how do you go? How do you go to Germany for five years by yourself, right? So fear reared its ugly head for me and I ended up not going. And at that time, um, I sang around Chicago in the operas and the plays and the choirs and all that. And it was fun, but I needed to make more money so I could actually get out on my own and travel and do those things that I wanted to do. So I got a job as a recruiter and I was really good at it. So I was with him for several years with this agency and I was one of his top billers, not the top biller. I was always the second top biller. But one day I got up and I thought, you know what? You can be the top biller. You could open your own recruiting agency and you could have people work for you and you could, you could do it yourself. So I did. I opened up my own recruiting agency in my late 20s. I had it for about 10 years. It was successful, but volatile, meaning that some months I made a lot of money, some months I made none, some months I made a little. It was just volatile. So after about 10 years, I was getting a divorce. I had two little kids to support. And in that divorce, because my business was successful, I got to pay maintenance and no child support. So I got to look at my life and say, you know, do you want this business or do you need stability for these kids? Will you be able to do the business and give them what you need to give them? Because you're now the person. So I uh, chose to sell my book of business, which you can't do today. And then I shifted my career to HR, where I worked my way up through HR to VP of talent management in HR of a startup company where I helped them grow from 12 employees to a little over 120. And then I built that infrastructure, you know, like levels of employees, departments, benefits, comp, payroll, all those policies and manuals that no one likes, and then built an e-learning system so we could bring on our employees into, this, into the company and get them up and running faster than the norm because they were growing fast, sat on their executive team and helped them grow from 8 million to 25 million. Then the owner said, Hey Sue, we are got this investor. We're going to a hundred million dollars in the next three years and told me what he needed from me. I listened. 
My kids were grown. They have their own businesses. They're successful. I did everything I could do for them. And I realized the dream I always had was to help women find their passion and purpose in career and life without forgetting about themselves. So while he was talking, I realized I could open up my own business again. And that's how Inspired Integration came to be. And so here we are. Wow. Inspired Integration. I love the name too. Yep. It because is women need to be inspired and we integrate our life with our career. One cannot stand alone. They're, they're integrated. So um, you're not, I don't feel like success happens just in career. It happens in life and within yourself as well as that career. So there's three pieces. Yes. Oh, this is amazing. And it's a bit of a continuation of a conversation because I was uh, the last person that I interviewed who's an, a phenomenal coach, uh, coaches moms specifically on integrating their whole life. And she shared with me about how when she was at work, she was one person. And then when she is home, she was another person. It doesn't work that way. Nope. It doesn't work that way. We try, right, to separate these different hats, but life is a lot more integrated than um, even before, and more so because of this lovely situation we're in, <laughs> dynamically um, working from home. I have a statistic because I was doing a little bit of research for a interview that I'm doing tomorrow live. And I thought this was really interesting and I think you can appreciate it. It was, it's a time article. And the stat is that, let me, let me make sure that I'm accurate here with it. 42% um, of women say they have consistently felt burned out at work in 2021. So this was just from September. Uh, and I don't I bet think the statistic is even higher. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's new, you know, information, um, juggling everything that is on the plates of women these days. So, you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask you, um, is how you help with the process of that integration when somebody comes to you and they want to work with you on getting to that place in their life where they feel like they can do everything they want to do in a healthy way. So my, my program starts with you. So it starts with the you um, and we work on them. We look at how, what are their barriers, their limiting beliefs, the stories that they're telling each other themselves. Um, they're all unconscious. So it's not like it's sitting in front of you every day and you can see your barriers and your limiting beliefs. They're all unconscious, but they're there all the time getting in your way. So I work with them. I'm looking at their life and their career and, and where they started. What's the mirror image right now of their life and their career? And then helping them create tools so they're actually 
driving their own car in their life and in their career where the barriers, limiting beliefs, and stories are not driving them. Because most of them come to me and they're in the backseat and all of those stories are driving them to where they don't want to go. And so we work on the you piece first. And I, I also work on helping them create an emotional bank. So it's sort of like your bank account. If it's empty, you do not have the capacity to do all those things in your career, in your life that are on your plate that are expected, right? And so building your own emotional bank each day with some rituals and habits that you do just for yourself each day helps them build that bank so they have the capacity to do everything in career and life. So we start there on the you piece, making them, instead of having a list of things that they have to do for everybody and they're at the bottom and sometimes not even on the list, it's moving them to the front of the top of the list so that they can do everything that's expected and not get burnt out or stuck where they're at. So it starts that's, with you. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. It starts with you. I, I think that many lists have us at the end <laughs> and we have to change that narrative, right? Yep. A lot of times I'll ask them, who's your best friend? And they'll start naming these people. And I'm like, no. That's wrong. It's you. You're your best friend and you're beating yourself up by saying, I'm not pretty enough. I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. All those things, the stories we tell ourselves, you would never say to your best friend ever. You would lift them up and make them. So it's teaching them that they come first and they are the most important person. No one else. Ah. Uh. I love that. Let's become our own best friend. That is so good. Well, Sue, I know that there's two kinds of things, normally services that you do with your clients. One is the personalized coaching, and then you also have the integrated life academy. So can you share a little bit about, so it sounds like that what you described could be something that you might do in a one-on-one -on -one environment with someone what do you do in your academy so in the academy it's it's the same it's just group coaching mm -hmm. um anyone can go into the academy but usually it's you know covid gave me um clients that are in their early 20s they've graduated from college and they didn't want that degree but they needed to get out in four years they're not happy. They don't want to do the job. Maybe they want to be an accountant. They've got an accounting degree or whatever. They're lost, but they don't have experience yet. So they're still used to being in a group in, in school. So it's taught in a group setting. It's the same, but there's just a group setting of people, usually um, the younger clientele, that goes into that that group coaching, or it just could be that someone can't afford to do one-on-one -on -one coaching and invest in themselves. So they go into group coaching so they can have the same um, experience, but just in a group at a more affordable rate. That totally makes sense. What's the power 
that you've seen in a group setting? Well, you know, I can tell you that all my, all the women that I coach, part of our package is group coaching once a month. That is the most powerful group. It is diverse in the fact that it's different ages, it's different ethnicities, it's women who are ready to retire, women who are in the workplace, women who have lost their jobs, women who are single moms, they could be married, they could be um, single period, all of that, that diversity. Um, we just did one on success. What does success mean in career for you? What does it mean in life? But most importantly, what does it mean to you personally, the you piece? What is success to you? That group coaching was so powerful because they all want, they all say the same thing in a different way. Given wherever they are in their life or career, they say the same thing in a different way. So that was one of the most, the biggest takeaways for all of them is that they all view things the same. They just say it differently. Yeah. And that's the fabric that weaves us together, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yep. Is seeing that even at different stages of life with different upbringings and backgrounds that we share in some of the same struggles or questions that we're trying to answer mm -hmm. in our yep. lives. That's really powerful. And knowing yeah. that you're not too. Yeah, that's that's a bigger piece. Most of them will say, I I thought I was alone in that, but but you could have every person on the call. We could have 20 women on a call and they're they're all the same, just experiencing it a little different. It's it's so interesting how <clears throat> to your point, the stories we tell ourselves and and how we can perceive ourselves. I, when I was getting my coaching certification a few years ago, I went to this institute called the Telios Leadership Institute. It's out in uh, Pennsylvania. Awesome program. One of the things that we do in the program is well, there's about 22 people in my cohort. And there were a couple of limiting beliefs that I experienced and I struggled through it. Number one, when I went there, I felt like I was too young. People were further along in life and starting their own business and with their coaching and all of this type of thing. And, and so that was a limiting belief that I told myself is, oh my gosh, maybe, maybe I'm not ready for this. Maybe I came to this too soon. What am I doing here? The second thing was when we broke into small groups you probably get into groups of like seven or eight people. You have to tell your story and all your high points and all your low points. And I was so scared. I went first and I was terrified to say that I had gone through a divorce because I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to be judged. I, you know, all these things. Mm -hmm. Subsequently, every person in my group that went after me also had a divorce or more than one. And I, all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm not alone. Like, it's okay. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's so interesting how we isolate ourselves in a box and tell ourselves things that are our own stories that don't serve us. 
usually the stories that we tell ourselves that started way back when and just got bigger, there may be some truth to them, but they're really not. They're stories that we mm -hmm. made up in, in our minds and we carried with us all these years until we realized we don't need to carry it anymore. We're carrying this for what? Why are you carrying that fear, right? Why? What does it serve you? And it's getting people to realize that, okay, they don't go away. Those barriers and limiting beliefs or stories do never go away. They are going to be here forever. They're going to rear their ugly head at some point in your life. Mm -hmm. It's knowing how to keep them in that backseat so you can drive your own car. Because a lot of times when they get in the front seat, we, we're, we have no control of where we're going. And we, we, that's how we get stuck. Yeah. I, how do you approach fear? I love that you just brought that up. When someone in a one-on-one -on -one or a group setting comes to you with a fear, how do you engage with them to get to the other side of that? Well, we, we name it. We name the fear because it's really hard to say, hey, fear, get in the back seat. I got control, right? It sounds stupid, right? But if you say, <laughs> if fear has, um, you know, let's say the name is Emily, because you, Emily was always, you know, timid and fearful growing up. And so you could relate to her and you say, Emily, get in the back seat. I have control. I can do this. It's easier. It's intimate. So we start by making the fear or whatever that story or barrier is intimate, intimate to themselves. And we have exercises that show them through homework how they get in their way every day and then they can experience i can't see it i can't see it but it is in my way all the time when it's driving for me right mm -hmm. so we name it it becomes personal and then we use that personal uh name of of it instead of fear um we take emily and we use her as a tool to help us keep Emily in the backseat because Emily's never leaving. She's in your life. Once she comes in your life, she's in your life and she will come up and you will have other fears, but it's using that fear to drive you forward to where you want to go instead of letting it stop. you. Yes. You have to engage with it to be yep. able to manage it. <laughs> right. That's right. You can't yep. avoid it. Yep. Oh, we try to do that though, and then it rears its ugly head. Yep. Come yep. again. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello, and I'm taking over. Ha ha. <laughs> it's this this whole dance of okay, no, I'm driving today. I love that analogy because you do have a choice. You do. We always have a choice every day of whether we want to take control or let something control us. Yep. And, uh, you know, switching gears a little bit, I want to ask you about women and presenting themselves in by way of a resume. So today, it's a dynamic workforce. 
you know, we know that women are working harder to get in leadership positions or get the positions that they want, but it's also competitive. It's a saturated place uh, and you want yourself to stand out. Mm-hmm. What do you do to help people stand out? Well, first of all, I have a resume class that they can go to. <laughs> but that find the resume class. Um, we talk about resumes differently. Before, it was a one-size-fits-all resume. So people would come and say, I've applied to 100 jobs this week. And yeah, sure you did. You uploaded your resume and you applied. But now... We companies use systems, right, for you to upload your resume. Given that I come from the HR background, I know in that system we set up rules. We set up words that we're looking for, key words that the system is to look for. If you don't have them, you're rejected. We don't. In HR, they don't build the job description just to build a job description, (laughs) post the job description. So you can just put any resume. You you get to customize that resume to that job description. So there's keywords. A lot of times we're in a company and our job is the same, but we call things something different, right? If they call some, let's say it's a receptionist and this job calls it a receptionist, but at your company, you called it the office manager. If you continue to call it office manager, you probably will get rejected. Switch the word to receptionist if it means the same thing, because that's the word they're probably looking for in the search of your resume. So. And I would say 80%, 80 80-20 rule, try to have 80% of what's in there. It's okay not to have everything because we get to learn, right? But if you got 40%, odds are you're not getting that job. 80% gives you a chance to, to be seen by a human eye. This is a system where you're putting your resume in, you're not seen by anyone yet. The system will reject you. The system will reject you if you don't fill the application out and you just say N-A, 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 it'll reject you. You'll never get seen. I call that the black hole. We, we send many, many resumes out. We either get no responses or we get all no's. That's the black hole. There's so many people in this black hole. It's dark in there and no one's seeing you right? No. no one's looking at you, right? The idea is to get someone to actually look at your resume. So you get, you get to customize and people will say, can you write my resume for me? Well, no, you only need a basic resume because you're going to take that resume. You're going to customize it to every single job you apply to. And then you're going to upload it into the system. Not until then. Um, so hiring someone to write a resume that you're going to change is a waste of money, right? So if you, when they say finding a job is a job, 
it truly is a job. It takes a lot of time to read that res that job description and make your resume speak the same language. If it speaks Spanish and you, it's in English, it's not going to see you. The system will not be able to read it. That is really good. And it makes me think about how if you have to customize your resume for each of these jobs, it makes you really consider if this is what you want. Because if you just have this general thing and apply to everything and see what sticks, there's probably some things that you're not really passionate about in there. If you have to work a little more upfront, you're probably gonna be spending time on the things that you really care about. Yep. And people apply just to apply, right? And they think we should take the first offer that comes. But really there's more to it. There's the, there's the culture, there's the team, there's the manager, there's all these pieces outside of the job description itself. Because when you get an interview, the job description, you are qualified. They already know you could do the job. Now you get to go in and ask questions about the culture, the manager, the team, anything that has to do with the company itself so that you have the whole picture and you can be successful. So when we just take a job to take a job, within six months, if the other pieces aren't there, you're not happy you're stuck again, right? Because you're just taking a job to take a job. You're not really looking at what you want for the future. What about for the interview? Do you ever give recommendations for that? So now someone's got this great resume that they feel good about. Now they've actually mm -hmm. got to talk to somebody about it <laughs> and get asked questions and give poignant and confident answers. Um, so there is a there is a program that they can come to with me also that does that from the resume class. But what it teaches them how to create the questions for the culture, the manager, the team, all of that, and how to how to actually insert them into your interview so that they make sense. Who to ask certain questions? Like there are certain things you should ask the HR. You should ask the team about the manager. You should ask at HR about the team, right? Different things that help you get um, clarity on what it is. And you should be taking notes. It should be the same questions that you create. And you take notes. You leave there and you say, okay, the culture is good, but the manager is a micromanager. And it's not what I, I can't work with them. Or the team seems a little unorganized, right? Or too new. And then I don't know if they know enough to really su support the manager. So you're going to make educated decisions based on your questions. A lot of times you go to interviews, they say, do you have any questions? We go, no, I have no questions. <laughs> you have How questions. do you not have any questions? Right? Right. <laughs> yeah. That is like interview 101. Yeah. Make sure that you think through at least three to four very good questions and hopefully the answers might spark some follow-up questions and then you're in a natural dialogue. Yep. Yeah. I've done quite a bit of recruitment 
are over the last nearly two decades. And I'm always astonished when somebody says that they have no questions. Mm-hmm. Me too. I'm like, really? You have no questions. A lot of times when I was the VP, I would say, you have no questions. So when we talk about you, in my head, I would say, when we're going to talk about you and decide if we're hiring you, I say no. Mm-hmm. Because you, that that's, I want you to ask questions. I want you to have some, I want to know that you're going to fight, that you're going to ask questions, that you're not going to accept the status quo, that you're going to move forward within the company where you need to go. Not someone mm-hmm. who's just going to come in and do their job, knows, never right. say a word, um, especially if it's in, in management or above that. You want questions. So, a lot of times we go around the table and say, what do, what do you think? And I'd be like, no, no, we have no questions. Yeah. And yeah. There's that, no way we answered everything. <laughs> no it's way. Impossible. It's impossible. That intellectual curiosity is very important in yeah. keeping a, an engaged and intriguing conversation and to be memorable. Yep. That's if someone right. asks a really good question, you, that sticks with you. Yep. Like, and wow, that's yeah, good. to your point, not just selling yourself that you're the best person for the job, but enrolling me in why you are. I already know you have the skills and that you could do the job, but why are you the candidate? Mm-hmm. Why? Enroll me in that. Don't don't oversell me. Just enroll me in, in the idea that you're the person. And when I'm looking at everybody and I've got three candidates that I we get to decide which one we're hiring, that's what I'm looking for. Who's the person that enrolled me in themselves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm always impressed when people do their homework too. Yep. You know? And they, they've read enough to be able to ask about a specific activity. They know enough to ask about an innovative project that is happening in the organization or even beyond that, they've done research on you. Yep. <laughs> and they're asking yeah, that you used to do this. When, mm. How did you, you know, what did that, how did that lead you to where you are today? I love those things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, I do help my clients in that career side when they figured out what the job is today, how we're going to go after that job. How I teach them, though, how to find it. I don't find it for them. I teach them how to find it, mm-hmm. how to interview, how to ask questions, how to accept the offer, and what to do on the first day. Because I'm not going to be here forever, right? So they're not going to be able to call me. I might not be, if I'm retired, let's say in 15 years, I'm not going to be able to answer those questions. It's better for them to know how to do it. Mm -hmm. They can do it themselves if need be. That's awesome. So we've talked about a few things so far. The most important thing that I love is the notion of you. So you have to start with that before you could move past that, right? And then we talked about career in terms of how do you put yourself out there and then how do you do the best job you can so you can actually get the job and we've talked a little bit about fear i'd love to ask you about change 
So what about the person who now they've done some things, they're a little bit further in their life, now they've have some options, or maybe they just, they're tired. They, maybe they're not invigorated. Maybe their personal situation has changed, whether that is a relationship change or kids are now gone and you're an nester. There's just different things in life that happen that push you to consider new ideas, a new direction, but it's scary. <laughs> because you have to get outside that comfort zone. Because comfort is just, it's so good. Cozy and warm. It's like a little snuggie and you could just stay in your cocoon and not, and just to go through your day. But there's something nagging at you saying, you know, I just, I, I'm not all the way fulfilled. How do you conversations of when there when there are those little tugs happening with someone where it's not that their life is bad it's not that things are you know things are pretty decent but they're just not fully fulfilling so in covid we've had a lot of people reinventing themselves right because they didn't they don't want to be tied to corporate or time. A lot of people started their own businesses. And um, it's really still, when you're reinventing yourself, it's still looking at who you are. Who do you want to be in this reinvention? What pieces of your past and your stories are you taking with you and what are not going with you? And then looking at what it is that you love the most about what you do in career a lot of times I have clients sometimes that they end up, I'm not leaving my job. I love my job, but where it falls is in life. They don't have any friends. They don't have a, um, a social life. They're just serving, say, um, their significant other, their children, running around to their sports. They don't have a you. So when we see that and we look at the big picture, we build what they want to invent themselves to be in their life because then it spills over into the career that they love, but they've gotten stuck because our life and our career are mirror images of each other. Whether we want to believe that or not, there's, there are things that occur in your career, negative or positive, that occur in your life in a different way. And so it's a mirror image. We're not just working, you know, unhappy in career. We're usually unhappy throughout all of it. So it's really picking what part are you really stuck in? Which piece is it? Career to me leaves. Career leaves, meaning we retire at some point and we're not working. But the life piece and the you piece never leave. That's ours until the day we die, right? Mm -hmm. So career is a piece of this big puzzle when we're stuck. It's really the rest of it. Wow. That is so true. You can't look at things in isolation, can you? No. You can, but then it's, 
it naturally connects with the other pieces of your life. And you don't want to be defined as who you are in your career, because when you, if you lose that and you're no longer the VP of talent management, who are you? You really need to be defined by you and by that life piece. Those are the important pieces to define yourself as. So if something happens in career, you still know who you are. There's so many women out there who build their career all the way up, right? And they don't know who they are without that title or that job that they're in. Men are the same way, but the women, um, they don't know. And then they're, they're left with life in themselves and they have no friends. They have no life outside of family. It's just, it's, it's a scary life, right? What does that look like? And what if I can't be that VP again? Wow. What if that's eliminated? That job is eliminated, right? It's possible. Then I got to reinvent myself. It's really true because I know personally, I've had these moments. I've hear other women and men have these moments where it's almost like, an identity crisis. It is. I know that sounds a little bit dramatic, but when you do something for so long, it becomes how you define yourself. Yep. And so when something shifts or changes, you're not really quite sure how to describe because it's often what you lead with. When someone yep. asks you about yourself, often the first thing people say, they don't say, oh, I'm an avid singer in the shower and you yep. know what I mean? <laughs> They're like, I am a consultant or I'm an engineer. So, you know, it's, they, they lead with what, what you what do for a living, right? Yep. But when they come to me, it's really about they've lost themselves because they're no longer part of that. They're not part of their life. They're running around doing everything else and they're just, I tell this one story. I worked about 80 hours at one point in corporate a week, right? And I lived in these apartments in Naperville and with my daughter. And um, I drive by it often and I'll say to my daughter, I don't ever remember living there. <laughs> I don't live there. She goes, you were hardly there. You slept. You were there. I'm like, I don't remember how my furniture was. I don't remember anything about that place. That's what happens to us when we're so focused on just career that the you and the life piece are, we're, we're just there. Like we're not even present to it, right? So if that leaves, we don't we don't feel like we have anything left. That's where depression comes in and all that uh, all that negative talk that we're gonna start giving ourselves. You're not smart enough, you never should have been in that job, you can't get that job again, nobody's gonna love you. We go we go from one extreme to the other, right? Mm -hmm. Um so it's really learning about you and how you put that first so that if that happens in career you are okay. You're okay. You're okay. You still have you the whole time. You've been there the whole time. That person <laughs> leaves, right? Even yeah. someday you're not the VP. You're not the manager. You're not a coach. Someday you are living your life as you. Mm -hmm. look like. 
That's awesome. You have that solid foundation that you carry with yourself no matter where you are in the world mm -hmm. and what's happening in your life at the time. Yep. And, a, and a resiliency to adapt, which I think is so important, um, particularly in these changing times. But I would love to ask you some questions to get to know you a little bit Perfect. more, speaking of you. <laughs> you want to know the you piece. <laughs> nice way. Uh, so the first question that I have for you is, what are three words that best describe you? Um, loving empathetic and compassionate. I love that. That's awesome. Okay. What is something that you are working on improving? On myself? Mm-hmm. Um, letting, let me describe this perfectly. Cause I do my, I have a coach too, but what I do, it's it's letting things happen it's not trying to make them happen it's just letting them happen how they're going to happen it's a lot less stressful if you do that so even with older children i tend to think well what are you doing it in that order for it should be like this order or something, right? In my <laughs> mind, that's how it should be. But in their mind, they're like, no, we're doing it in this order, right? It's just letting it all fall how it's going to fall because there are no accidents. Things happen the way they're supposed to. So it's just allowing it to happen instead of trying to maneuver it to what the way you think it should happen. That's just one example with kids, but. Um, that's beautiful. I used the word with a friend the other day, surrender. Yep. Yep. Like, surrender to whatever's going to happen. When they say what they're going to say and you think, oh, not good. Uh -oh. <laughs> Let me tell you how it should be. Just uh -oh. sit back. Let it all play out. Sometimes it'll play out exactly how you think. And other times it may not, but it may be good. It may yeah. be perfect for them, or maybe it's not, but it's a lesson, right? But it's just surrendering, like you said, and it's just letting things happen instead of trying to make Force it. it. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Okay. What is a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome? Mm. Well, I used to believe that men and money were tied, ah. which came from divorce, came from my son. I had some issues with him and he cost me a lot of money. Um, I hope he's not listening. <laughs> I'll just say all <laughs> worth it, all worth it. But it was learning that they are not tied together. They are separate but I made them tied together. So they were limiting beliefs. You can't be in a relationship and have money or you can't have money and be in a relationship because you will lose it all, right? With men, right? Wow. And I know that's not true. I've worked very hard on it. I've just got remarried in May and I, I know they're separate and they're all my stories. <laughs> that I created just like everyone else does. 
and they're going to probably be in the backseat forever. But that's, and they rear their ugly heads, but I have to remind myself they're not tied. Wow. That is a good one, Sue. Yeah, we, that does happen. Well, now that you mention it, I've, I have experienced the same thing (laughs) or, or thought, you know? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's good. Okay. What is something that you want to see changed in the world? Oh, hopefully it won't get me in trouble. I like because <laughs> you can't say anything anymore. <laughs> you can I say it here on the Born and Breakable podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really would like to see us all get along because in the world, we're all the same. We're all looking for the same thing. And a lot of times, even in families, we're fighting about the same thing but saying it differently. And we don't even realize we're fighting for the same thing. Like a 60 year old says it different than a 30 year old when it comes to political stuff, right? We just see things differently, but we're all fighting for the same thing. So let's just fight together for this unity, for this and understand, give people grace, right? I believe we should all be vaccinated, but that doesn't mean we should that's the same for everyone else. And they get to have their own feelings about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So you, you give them, you give each other grace in, in making decisions that benefit yourself instead of fighting about it. Let's just work together to, because we all want the same thing. I love that. That would be nice it would be nice it's my dream but i don't know if i'm gonna live to see it like i feel like i mean really in family we do the same thing oh stuff that so much i do think though it's possible to see moments moments of it yes but we don't get to see we should see those on the news just like we see all the crap it would help us all right it would help us i would love for us to see that so we'll just find those moments and 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 appreciate them when they happen okay sue what is one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever been given that i've been given I'd have to say it's from my mom and she's, she's not with us anymore, but she said to me, follow your dreams, drive towards your dreams. Even if other people do not see them with you drive towards them, they will follow as soon as they can see them, but just drive towards what you want, not what everyone else wants you to have. Beautiful. Well said, mom. Well said. That is really powerful. And we should all heed that advice. So Sue, how can people find you and follow you and keep up with what you're doing? So you can go to my website, which is um, inspiredintegration.org. There's many things on there that you can click. There's blogs, there's newsletters, there's other podcasts that I've done. 
mm -hmm. um, speaking engagements, different things like that. There is a uh, Facebook page called Getting Unstuck and Embracing Change that you can ask to join. Um, you have to be invited to join, but you can ask to join. Um, those are uh, usually have live videos on them or other videos that I've done um, and, and some tips of the day. That you cool. can take the resume class. You can get help after the resume class. You can do the group coaching or you can do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, you can find me on all the platforms, um, LinkedIn, Instagram, and, and Facebook. Mm -hmm. So you can find me in a lot of places. Um, and if you want to talk to me, just click the link on my website and schedule a time. That is fantastic. Is there anything exciting that you want to share that you have upcoming, whether it's a personal or professional? Congratulations, you just got married. That was that an experience. That was big for me. That's big. <laughs> it's big. That's huge. Very big. Um, I would say that the resume class has been uploaded um, and you can take it anytime. It's $49, you can take it, you can keep it for yourself. Um, I think there's uh, stuff out there about it right now so that all these 24 million people that are unemployed can actually afford to learn about the resume without having to get a coach because let's face it, coaching is, is, is not affordable for all. Um, but you can get that. And then there's other ways after that for you to get help if you're just needing a job so that you can make money and, and, and uh, provide for your family or yourself. That is fantastic. So a lot of ways to get in touch with you. I'll include that in the show notes so people can reach out easily. Thank mm -hmm. you so much for coming on the show. Thank this you for having me. Awesome. And just yeah. such a delight to talk about the kind of things that will help to empower women and even men who are yep. also around women and want to encourage and support their dreams and their goals. So this has been so awesome. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for having me. What a great conversation with Sue Schultz. I love the work that she's doing with women and helping people to get to the next place in their career, whether it is writing their resume, taking that interview, transitioning to a different step in their life, all beautiful things. The, the message that I wanna leave with you in this reflection is about change. We change seasons, right? From summer to fall to now winter. And change can be beautiful, but it can also be scary. And I want you to take this moment as you're listening to this podcast to think about the change in your life. What are changes that you're going through? Whether that is in your career, whether that is in your relationships, whether that is personally for you, something that you're just changing within you or around you. Don't be afraid of it. Lean into it. Follow your intuitions. Believe in your gut instincts and move in the direction 
powerfully and unapologetically in that change. There are going to be a lot of unknowns and many curveballs that we face in our lives at all times. But that's what makes it fun, is managing the unexpected and exercising resiliency. So embrace the change. Don't hesitate. Follow your gut. That is my message for you today. Short and sweet. I hope that you are having a wonderful season. The holidays are upon us. It's so funny how it's like Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas or the other things that you might be celebrating right now. Uh, I know there's a lot of different celebrations that happen at this time of the year. So regardless of what that is, I hope that you're also being very present and enjoying the moments that you have because they go by so quickly. And before you know it, we're in a new year, we're in a new season and we're doing new things. Don't forget to be present for the things that are happening right now. Okay, so with that, remember that you are your only limit. So take action today. Tune in again next time for another awesome, inspiring, and fun episode of the Board Unbreakable podcast.